peace, namaste, and shalom. Everybody out there in dreamland, I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings everybody out there in dreamland. This is Rumors of Instinct 1987 with another episode of the podcast Rumors of Instinct. Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much once again for tuning in to another broadcast. We are going to be following up on the personal disclosure of mine, my history in the SSP and my recovered memories with the Ashtar High Command, and that version of events, that timeline, that base identity, that element of my persona that was taken in the 20-year and back time triangulation. So these events were occurring in a parallel timeline that I believe was extremely close to my current timeline, thus allowing me the recovery of the memories from it. It wasn't more of one of the distant ones, which are a weaker similarity and a greater variation on the original baseline identity that I have as a person and had when I was recruited um, as a nine-year-old. Already a malleable destiny, but already on my way to having a fixed permanent identity and destiny created uh, specifically for this life cycle, this this karmic life uh, episode that I call my current life. On my karmic wheel of birth and rebirth. So, where we last left off, I was indoctrinated and initiated at the age of nine into the SSP, taken on the 20 year back time triangulation, and was immediately selected for my unique greatness in the ways of um, empathy psionics, precognition, um, telekinesis, ESP, remote viewing, and the other bevy, uh, plethora of psychic abilities that many people who now identify as starseeds, um, the rebirth Atlanteans, um, would, um, definitely recognize now at this at the age of nine that I'm recovering these memories um, I am not at all even aware of anything except my propensity for demonstrating these abilities as a talent knowing that I was special but not knowing how extremely special I was as well as my peers were 
being selected to be this, I think it was the third wave of SSP cadets, the third decade of them, but it was the first wave of the fully exchanged into the Ashtar High Command, the fully trained by the Ashtar High Command, um, human cadets, Earth Alliance cadets, specifically recruited for Solar Warden and the Atlantis Rising Diplomat and uh, Officer Corps. Basically high-level engineers, technicians, um, diplomats, language officers, intelligence officers, operation specialists, um, you know, Signal Corps, Crypto Corps, um, you name it, medical um, specialist and in the medical uh, branch of um, the SSP were all given the opportunity to recruit uh, or to at least um, enroll the elites of their cadet classes to be fully light, loaned out into an exchange program with the Astra High Command and with the Venusians so that human cadets who were intended to be children, who always were children uh, since the SSP began, um, but these would be completely housed and trained on Ashtar city ships, immersed in their Venusian environment, in their culture, to learn their methodologies, to learn their skills, to learn their their prowess with these psionic abilities as well as the um, included use and mastery of their technology and culture because at this point the SSP and when I say the SSP I mean Earth Alliance with its governing council the Atlantis Rising Council were firmly aware that humanity was evolving due to the orchestrations and designs of the Ashtar High Command on an astral and higher dimensional level, a spiritual level. This coincided with every single traditional and ancient mystery belief, replacing the concept of old world intangible gods with these physical avatars of the cosmic heavenly order, the Venusians and the Ash and the Ashtar High Command, um, specifically being the nation identity religion of these Venusians. To call them Venusians as the root race is to disinclude or non-include the Syrians, the Nomo, the Lyrians, the Arcturans. This is a mistake when, or this is not so when referring to the Ashtar High Command. For the Ashtar High Command is both their tribal or uh, tribal government's name, as well as their tribal, you know, identity. Um, even though they make up many, many different species than the ones I just listed. In fact, most intelligent life 
from the inner core of the solar system, the solar warden, and there's outer warden. Um, solar warden comprises colonies located from the asteroid belt outside of meteor uh, Mars, uh, Mars and its moons, Earth and its moon, Venus, and then the the colonies, uh, space stations, except city ships, etc. That are located in between this range as well as all um, matter related to the sun what we know is the sun the stargate that we know is the sun which is a um, unifying source of gravity um, much like a black hole but it's you know obviously a living black hole because black holes are dead stars and so, but dead stars, you know, operate on principles not at, that we are led to believe they operate on as traditional suns would, balls of fission, but it's a plasmological phenomenon that is most likely um, akin to like a supergravity point because truly it is a stargate used to ascend from our physical 3D reality, which even the Ashtar are chained to through their physical uh, forms which our consciousness is housed and emanated from the karmic cycle of life and death but when you travel through the sun it is a ascension upon acceptance by the gate guardians by the solar guardians um, into a higher astral realm of existence um this gate obviously is guarded uh, from access by Solar Warden, by the Ashtar High Command, who use the sun's infinite energies to power their miracles of technology and their extremely powerful um, civilization without the need to mine or develop any real industrial infrastructure ever, choosing to live out most of their entire ex or species' existence on um, freely navigating uh, these massive city ships, which when I say city, I mean like a ecumenopolis, a metropolis that is like easily could be anything from five kilometers in radius to 50 kilometers in radius to 500 kilometers in radius. Um, some of the major um, space stations that the Astra High Command employ are the size of continents, even from Earth uh, perspective, you know, scale. When several of their, you know, city ships combine, they can stack in onto each other to kind of allow travel and uh, share their energy or to support each other in times of need, or to um, collect themselves for major events and their cultural calendar, um, such as their greatest holidays and their, their like, you know, year cycle. Their New Year's, um, particularly, is extremely important for them. Um, it's kind of like Yom Kippur. Uh, their New Year's is basically an absolving of all their karmic... Um, 
pollution. So it's, but they have to uh, fulfill these certain obligations before and after. And so it's extremely important for them to, um, you know, synchronize on, on large scales, basically like as if entire communities would take these New Year's resolutions. But uh, that kind of digress. Point is, these city ships can link together to form extremely uh, massive um, territories in and of themselves, akin to, say, for example, free-floating uh, ships with the mass of Australia or with the surface area of Australia. Um, so, we are speaking about a, a really epic experience living on these city ships uh, for a human being, especially a child of nine. Um, I'm not saying I was privileged to seeing any of the main workings of it immediately. We were kept on this free-range reserve, which I explained in the previous episode of this um, series where I recovered my memories of the Astro High Command. But to put it, I guess, anew, it is simply a Garden of Eden that is meant to be extremely innocent and at the same time enchantingly beautiful. A perfect utopia, a little, little playground for people with wild fruit growing, uh, wild vegetables, uh, you know, flourishing, and as many animals that's that were either real and genetically cloned and engineered to be placed there for us are the simulations projected into our minds through the psionic powers of the Venusians that we were being taught by our teachers. Um, did have the ability to create, for example, avatars of themselves in the form of imaginary friends, in the form of dreams, in the form of visions. Um, do not underestimate the Venusian uh, propensity for creating um, full sensory illusions, mirages. For example, we were at this one point where we were walking into... Um, water that seemed to surround the rear, I guess if you would put it in any kind of perspective, one side of the, one far side of this utopia had a waterfront. And after becoming very curious upon sitting at the beach, you know, for several what felt like weeks, we decided to dare to walk into it and see how deep it, you know, eventually was. And upon walking into it, we found that it was actually never deeper than our knees, meaning that as nine-year-old children, or I guess the oldest was 14, so nine to 14-year-old children, that the water was only two deep, feet deep for what seemed to be a distance of miles. We walked until we could no longer visibly see the shore that we had left, but the water never deepened any further, and it was... As if though the entire experience was, if you would reach the edge of programmed reality or space, which makes me kind of really question whether or not this was an entirely real experience or maybe more of an advanced simulation. At the same time, it could easily have been one of those things where it was a combination of both or even a fantastical reality 
that was so epic, that was so grand and so beautiful that my mind at this point being so jaded and exhausted by the 3D material free farm ranch of uh, this earth after my 20 year and back service and my thousands of incarnations that um, you know it's easier for me to pretend that it's not real that it's, it's just some simulation that it's just some virtual reality because it's like if you saw the most beautiful site most beautiful sunset, most beautiful landscape, mountain range, cityscape, whatever, skyline, you know, that you could ever imagine. And then you just assume, you just wanted to pretend you invented it or you imagined it so that you wouldn't ever feel sorrow for, you know, being unable to see this, uh, this uh, magical reality again. And I think that a big part of it is just that the Venusians really did care this much about our students, this much about our human personnel, this much about our cadets, was to provide them this amazing environment that would be, you know, a perfect place for them to grow as we were taught that we were the next wave of evolution if we were the ones that are going to be the hybrids of all the species but not so much because species were superior than others but because the sync the synthesis of the energies the synergies of the energies that these different races excelled at uh, harnessing would create a chimera a super powerful um spiritual warrior race that could inherit and keep the galaxy peaceful, could keep the cosmos peaceful, because none of the powers to be so far could, or so far discovered, could resist each other perfectly, and thus there would always be a threat and a fear of conquest at, you know, from this this unknown factor, from this X factor, that it seemed to be that there was a intelligently designed nature to these species. Where like rock, papers, and scissors, they would complement and cancel each other out. And so that not one of them could reign supreme and dominate through sheer force alone. And that one of them could unlock and master all the technologies necessary. And that one of them could unlock and master all the spirituality necessary. They need to work together to help um, each other out. But because of their natures and of their objectives and their desires and their ethics and justice and sense of justices, they would refuse. They would be confused and um, they would um, spitefully reject each other. Like I said, almost as if those was intelligently controlled. But I'm looking at that from hindsight. This was simply what they were telling us at first. Now, remember, because this is Venusian education, we do not have a human instructor. But we were allowed and 
kept it to, uh, we were allowed to keep the human military structure that we had been initially trained in in boot camp and um, basic training, as well as indoctrinated in during our initiation to the SSP, the Earth Alliance and the Atlantis Rising, and especially myself, because my particular in specific focus, my MOS, as it were, in the Solar Warden, was as a member of the U.S. Navy in the Aviation Warfare Specialist um, element in the wing, as they called it, in Aviation Warfare for the Navy, Naval Aviation Warfare, and I was going to be a, a electric engineer, electrical engineer, sorry, an avionics electrical engineer. I was going to be an AE, and I was going to be an AE that worked on the converted and specialized fighters, bombers, transport craft that operated in the higher atmosphere of Earth, in the higher orbits of Earth, and in deep space during um, Solar Warden, you know, military campaigns, and there was going to be working basically the entire 20 years and back in this capacity in one form or another depending on the different variations that they had uh, created and like I said these these range I have been allowed to see by my um, spiritual channeling avatars my uh, guides that this the iterations rank into a thousand and higher the different variations of my baseline, of my identity, of my persona, that my soul has been divided over a thousand times and placed into a thousand different clones of myself, each with a different purpose, each with a different destiny, and each suffering a different fate. But each one would be involved in naval aviation warfare as electrical engineers and as you know some some kind of avionics capacity some kind of uh, engineering capacity now if everyone has to be briefed on it then you know now I understand because it's it's still it's quite a tight community and it's, it's very mysterious from the outside but just because you are one thing in the Navy does not mean you are not other things and don't have the capability of being other things and are not expected to be other things. You are required, for example, to understand firefighting and be qualified for that. You understand um, damage control. You're understanding to be a watchman. You know, watchman first, you know, rating second, basically. Um, because you're a watchman, you're required to understand, um, you know, FEPCONs, weapons handling and maintenance. Um, you know, everything from being a gate guard to uh, being taught how to conduct yourself as shore patrol, um, policing, you know, your own um, ship, basically. You also can uh, volunteer for everything from close quarter combat, uh, CQC uh, training to, you know, military honors, uh, you know, boatswain, uh, rope, uh, knot tying to, you know, underwater basket weaving, basically. Everything is there and it's available to you. For example, on the computer networks, I remember 
This is after the Ashtar High Command Exchange Program, learning as much as I could about the Earth and its nations and its peoples through the CIA database of um, basically the CIA National Geographic. It's a, it's a human census. It's a catalog of every nation and culture on the Earth. And I remember I'd just sit in my free time and watch those uh, videos and take quizzes on them. And I became uh, actually quite well-versed in geopolitics, in national geopolitics, as it was... Um, you know, very strange for someone so young as myself to actually be so well um, versed and acquainted with these obscure cultures and uh, political dialogues, you know, best reserved for exactly the people in the CIA, which would involve a lot of the cross, um, the cross training and exchange, the interest they took in me. Um, as I neared the end of my 20 year and back and, um, you know, because the CIA has a singular persona shared across the many different timelines. Um, it's quite spooky. But one of the many things that we were taught in this uh, program, because it was the Earth Alliance's program, uh, sanctioned by the Atlantis Rising Council and the Solar Warden, uh, was that... The, the, the future was going to be a world of human psychics, a world of psychics that were trained by the Astra High Command to lead a one-world government, a new world government, a new world order, into an age of peace. And it was going to defend and enforce that peace through the psionic and astral and higher dimensional realms. And as we know, as above, so below, when victory is attained and assured and achieved on the highest of dimensional realities, the lower dimensional realities instantly recreate themselves to fit the new reality of these higher dimensionals, uh, higher dimensional um, planes. That being said, we were given manuals while in Ashtar High Command to read, and that was the The U.S. Army's Stargate Soldier Operations Manual, the 1st Earth Battalion. I have it right now, so I can read to you what this official U.S. Army Manual reads, entails, and includes. The 1st Earth Battalion. Dare to think the unthinkable. Ideas and ideals for soldiers everywhere. In 1979, the People's Republic of China publicly reported that several thousand of its children aged 8 to 14 were capable of telepathy, clairvoyance, x-ray vision, or psychokinesis. Having already heard about this program, the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, 
the National Security Agency, the NSA, Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, Lawrence Livermore Laboratories, and the U.S. Army were simultaneously pouring billions of dollars into their own similar research. The Army program was headquartered at Fort Meade, Maryland, and was part of the Intelligence and Security Command. Leaders included Generals Edmund Thompson and Albert Stubblebine, and Second uh, and Col- uh, Colonel John Alexander. Officers assigned to the U.S. Army War College at Carlisle Barracks, Pennsylvania, contributed research to the project, and the 1st Earth Battalion is essentially a textual copy of one group's unclassified brief slightings. Although decidedly New Age, the War College project was not entirely theoretical. Colonel Alexander, for example, went on to become a leader in the Los Alamos National Lab's non-lethal weapons program. Likewise, during the early 1980s, Special Forces hired Richard Strozzi, Heckler, and other outside contractors to provide two A-teams, a total of 15 men, or 25 men, with training in biofeedback, Aikido, and mind-body psychology. In the latter program, a typical training day included running, swimming, industrial strength calisthenics, and one and a half hours of Aikido practice. After six months, the soldiers were not Aikido masters, but they were quantifiably 75% more physically fit than when they started. During correspondence with the editor in January 2000, author Shannon had this to say. The ideas circulated by this mythical force, the 1st Earth Battalion, began with combat and the collective consciousness. The principle, if there any contest is viewed by the television audience, it will be judged in the end on ethical superiority. Thus, cameras mounted on dune buggies. The Army War College has the most exhaustive instructional materials on peacekeeping. All these ideas were first represented by Earth Battalion thinkers in the manual you have. Shannon's statement may sound hyperbolic, but if you substitute CNN for Earth Battalion satellite in the following document, then you have a good description. of the United States military's foreign policy of the 1990s. Likewise, if we think of the global communication system Shannon envisioned as the Internet, then it appears that we had a pretty good idea where ARPANET, the acronym for the Department of Defense's Advanced Research Projects Agency's computer network, was headed. Therefore, despite the hyperbole and the New Age jargon, Shannon's crystal ball proved clearly then the cynics is probably expected. And if nothing else, the following paper does suggest why drug testing became common for the ranks during the mid-1980s. Task Force Delta. Concept paper. Problem statement. Understanding that we must work through people. How can our army establish and maintain control of changing interdependent systems to maximize force readiness? Study thrusts. The process of influencing people the process of control, the dynamics of change, the nature of interdependence, the science of systems, the dynamics of force readiness. Concept paper title, The First Earth Battalion. Concept, Task Force Delta's efforts needs the track of time, 
just as we maintain our perspective of the past in contact with the complexities of the present, our 1st Earth Battalion is the prime place to put thoughts of the future through a basic Army perspective. The author was Lieutenant Colonel James B. Shannon. The sponsors were Major Promotable, M.M. Shinger, and Colonel D.M. Malone. Disclaimer, the views expressed in this concept paper are those of the authors that do not purport to affect the positions of the policy of the Department of the Army or the Department of Defense. Requested for additional information of clarification regarding these concept papers should be addressed to HQ Tridoc, attention, ATCG, and it's uh, Fort Monroe, Virginia. Project Forward, the track of time comes hurtling up of the past from somewhere billions of years ago back in history it flicks by us as we stand here now in the present and then thrusts on for billions of years out ahead of us out into the future bound for some place called infinity two things we know about time its march is inexorable and it always gives rise to change change then is just like time inexorable, inevitable, and pervasive, and so powerful and complex a thing that in just five billion years, change is produced from inorganic matter and countless millions of experiments, complex living things such as social insects and mankind. (coughs) Any concept of change is a concept of time. Thus, any concept of change must involve past, present, and future. Task Force Delta's effort as a concept of change needs to track of time, the lessons of history, the realities of the present, and the dreams and visions of the future. Our first Earth Battalion is a place to dream, a place to think the unthinkable. It's the prime place to put our thoughts of the future just as we must maintain our perspective of the past and in contact with the complexities of the present. It's an Earth Battalion because of what we know about a shrinking world and about our interdependencies among people and nations and natural resources. Interdependencies which every day are becoming more evident to us all. It's a battalion because our study effort is directed to our army. And the battalion is an entity which all of us soldiers from top to bottom can comprehend. Making this planet whole requires the ethical use of force. But even subcultures of force must evolve into a master culture. The army is no exception. Soldiers can be the principal moral ethical basis on which things political can harmonize on the name of the earth. Civilization. Earthkind has grown from pack to village, and then from village to tribe, and then from tribe to territory, and from territory to nation. It is time to go from nation to planet. The 1st Earth Battalion hereby declares its primary allegiance to the planet. Warrior Monk Chinese monks were often attacked by robbers. They developed a new fighting system based on using the force of the attacker against him. Likewise, the soldier of the 1st Earth will learn martial arts with the same ethical basis. No earth soldier shall be denied the kingdom of heaven because he or she is used as an instrument of indiscriminate war. The conscious will be developed together with the ability to neutralize the opponent. The earth battalion is and is becoming. The earth battalion is potential oriented. 
not mission oriented. So any definition of what it is or does tends to limit what it can become or do. At the moment, it is a spirit among other things. By 1990, it may be a pilot community of warrior monks who completely recycle all resources, live amidst new nuclear reactors, and wait deployment to tension spots. A think tank methodology for the U.S. Army, a banner for the closet, closet great hearts wherever they are, a bonding agent for the idealist activists in the service, and out a home for the ethical evolution of force, an alternate form of service to the planet. Pioneers The pioneering spirit is not dead in America. Many of the Earth Battalion ideas are taken from the New Age. The simple sample of New Age groups shows there is plenty of gold left in the hills of the mind, body, and spirit. The rush is on. Logos and advertisements posts include Macrobiotics, the Baha'i Faith, New Dimensions Foundation, the Beyond Jogging Movement, the In the Flow Movement, Berkeley Institute for Training in Psychodrama, Dimensional Mind Approach Movement, the New Age Awareness Fair, Aikido with Key Martial Arts, the Briar Patch Review, a journal of right livelihood and simple living. The Center of Release and Integration. The Owner Builder Center. Postural Integration Reikian Rebirthing. The Biofeedback Center of Berkeley. Integral Tron Institute. Arica. The Gentle Wind Movements. Houtburn Sounds, Spectrum Suite, Daysprings Incorporated, The Brosnan Tortoise. The latter was a small group who seek to advance the comprehension, experience, and worship of God. Our activities center around the study of the Urania book. Structure Without Status Everyone in the first earth is equally important in the eyes of the organization and will be provided for accordingly. Status is achieved by the skill with which you do your chosen task. It's not important that you move up in the organization, only that your skill level moves up. Leaders will be those soldiers whose chosen skills are group interworking and spiritual development. Uniforms without uniformity always allow for diversity we can share the ways that humans are all wonderfully unique the uniform must serve the soldiers given task but must equally serve to share the most precious gift we each have to share our personality common banners will serve to share the corporate earth battalion personality unity powered by diversity Synergy is possible when every soldier brings his or her individual best to the group task. It is multiplied in strength again if that soldier truly loves the other members of the unit. Then we shall have the maximum combat power available. Things like Fuller's transitivity illustrate how the maximum in individual tension can be held delicately in check by group unity, thereby generating the maximum potential energy. 
the vector equilibrium, the visual structure plus love equal the invisible bonding. Omnidirectional thought. The first earth is not mission-oriented, it is potential-oriented. That means we shall continue to look everywhere to find non-destructive methods of control. The father of mechanized warfare was an omnidirectional thinker and a member of the world of the occult. Be a guerrilla guru. Explore the occult, the new age, the traditional eastern philosophy, and space age technology. Supra-sex. Jobs in the first earth are based on capabilities. Sex, age, color, or religious preferences are not considerations. Culture has, however, programmed men and women so that they feel pressure to relate to each other sexually. This sexual protocol can be overcome by a series of extended exercises requiring the absolute interdependence of all participants upon a level of trust that develops and supersedes and rises above any kind of sexual relationship or lust. Fortunately, love is still the byproduct. Missions. The president just needs a wider range of options to respond to the 1980s. Force as a concept has lost much of its legitimacy. The time has come to take the lead in solving the problems of tomorrow. The First Earth Battalion. Missions. Force of heart. The force of will. The force of arms. The force of spirit. Eco pioneering, urban pioneering, space pioneering, human disaster rescue groups, eco disaster rescue groups, natural disaster rescue groups, the star headquarters, sensing people, designs, signals and support task organization headquarters the counterforce company the pioneer company and the rescue company so the headquarters is the star and that's the psychic element of leadership people who are impasse basically intelligence personnel Operations and training personnel, communications and public affairs specialists, and logistics specialists. That's your headquarters. Those are your upper brass, higher uh, command officer responsibilities. Your counterforce company. That's your arms, your heart, your will, and your spirit. Those are basically your force of arms, your your counter aggression, uh, peacekeeping group, your heart, which is your outreach, uh, public relationships uh, people, your will, which is your uh, morale and um, you know well-being, logistics, and your spirit, which is your uh, on-the-ground intelligence and mission effectiveness. Your pioneer company. So we have space pioneers, we have ecological pioneers, and we have urban pioneers. Basically, people who exist in environments specifically to study them, to become experts in their implementation and effect and ramification and then to seek alternative and new um, ways to achieve those purposes with advanced technology advanced spirituality and advanced philosophy 
Then you have your rescue company, your natural disaster rescue company, your eco disaster rescue company, and your human disaster rescue company. So basically, you have your um, search and rescue, you have your uh, environmental damage, um, uh, environmental damage control operations like your Greenpeace, you know, Rainbow Warriors, and you have your human humanity disasters. Those are like your um, uh, logistical support for relief when it comes to mass starvation or disease outbreak in your lesser developed third world um, frontier colonies. Reasons to be. Soldiers are in the business of life and death. As a leader during war, I must know that if my soldiers are to die, that it is for the right reasons. When at peace, they deserve nothing less than a chance of personal evolution. Soldiers can be a real part of the evolution of this earth. Anything less is just something less. The Intelligence Initiative. In the martial arts, one learns a number of possible counter moves against different types of possible enemies. This practice battle are done over and over until they become instincts. Likewise, in the Earth Battalion, all plausible engagements are wargamed until each soldier is the routine cold. In this way, the battalion can operate in the absence of commands from its leaders, who may be out of reach because of the new realities of modern warfare. If you are overrun, move to the nearest road junction, take control of the buildings, wait for his towed artillery, destroy all you can, destroy till you have lost an offensive punch, then exfiltrate or surrender to save your life. People, all warrior monks, but an interdependence of new age skills as well. Spirit wizards, meditation leaders, martial arts wizards, nutritionists, nutritionalists, and herbalists, vexillographers, who understand and master flags and banners and the symbology between them. Cinematographers, old recording artists, basically people who understand relic technology. Holographers, people who create holograms. Printers, or calligraphers. Minstrels, musicians. Video technicalists, basically people who can create broadcasts. Satellite technicians, people who facilitate those broadcasts as well as interconnect connections. Laser technologists, people who focus on display of light information, such as the uh, fiber optic specialists of today. General system theorists, basically your electrical engineers, your engineers of various stripes. Physicists. Futurists, constructionists, conservationists, and Indian trackers. So basically naturalists and natural philosophers at the very end of it. Which would also include your biologists, your mycologists, your zoologists, your um, you know, studies, uh, studiers of, of biology, your medical protectioners, etc. So, battle tuning. Using traditional and new age ideas, rise, the yogic cat stretches, the primal screams and leaps, the Belgian waffles, the ginseng tab regulator, 
The speed amphetamines are morning thunder tea. Karate kata. Primal low frequency lights. Paste primal rock in our ears. Discordant sounds for them, the enemy. And the constant advance. Tools. Just like many systems, when a nation or government becomes old, it is so full of ideas that it has no room for new ones. Well, there are new age ideas with great power for the first body that decides to systematically use them. The Earth Battalion will hear them all. The accompanying illustration shows a rucksack containing body vest, music, A.G.A. Walkman, night vision, foodstuffs, natural foods, dried munchy packs, divining tools. Divining rods have been used in Vietnam to find Viet Cong tunnels with at least as much success as CIA sonar systems. And ginseng regulators. Marking the trail. The American Indian revealed himself as an individual by his distinctive ornamentation. His shield, in some cases, was more complete as a representation of his skills and a predisposition than the modern soldier's personal file. Earth Battalion soldiers will be encouraged to represent themselves well in their dress and wear a 12-pointed star with each axis clipped to reveal a dimension on a standard personality inventory test. Fit to Fight Recently, a world-class health expert revealed his formula for being perfectly fit. At the heart of good health, he chose a positive mental attitude. Next in importance was aerobic exercise to get oxygen spread throughout the body. Finally, he broke down foods with the following priority. Nuts, seeds, grains get top priority. Vegetables get the second priority. Fruit gets the third priority. Then the others were way down the list. The delivery of fire. Precision delivery of artillery fire is a function of clear and calm calculation. The Battalion Tactical Operations Center will employ every New Age centering tool to ensure our fire coordinators do their job of neutralization surgically. Equipment shown for the New Age Tactical Operations Center include Samadhi tanks for command decisions. Samadhi tanks are isolation tanks to provide an ideal environment for relaxation and stress reduction, meditation, and exploration of consciousness. Above the door is a sign reading centering with, menta- centering with mentitations prior to entering. Neutralization-oriented electronic map display. This was similar to what was already becoming standard in Naval Combat Information Centers. Ergonomic settings, as opposed to traditional fill table, tent, or tracked vehicle, and plywood map board. While working, the staff update their map display while taking a trip through bamboo sounds. Map display. With the advent of electronic display, many variations of maps are possible on the same surface. Some ideas for the modern battlefield are relief for direct fire weapons, Patterns to show gas or smoke coverage. Building relief for mount military operations in urbanized terrain. And strip maps for road movement. Map symbols. See how abstract our current symbols are? They clutter the map with an order of battalion, 3rd battalion, 37th infantry mechanized, and lack a great deal of important targeting data such as effective strength. On the 1st Earth Battle, Battle Battalion map display... Tank units look like tanks. Larger units mean larger symbols. If the tank 
units are moving the road wheels pulse. If you need their state of vulnerability, press the top of the symbol. These two units are under the cover of smoke. If you need their projected power, press the front of the weapon, the mobility range of this weapon system. If you need their potential power, press the back of the symbol. Unit strength, POL, petroleum, oil, and lubricants, ammo, morale, etc. are presented in a series of scalar dimensions. If you must have the order of battle, then press the bottom of the symbol. You get what you need, no more. New Age Synthesis for Samurai S. Seek your own personal path to God A. Actively improve your physical condition M. Master mental self-control for combat U. Understand others R. Reinforce team interdependence A. Actively serve people and planet I. Indulge in happiness and humor Typical battle scenario, First Earth. They parachuted in that morning and stood in a long line facing each opposing army. The Earth Battalion satellite above beamed this image to the globe. The Earth watched as the potential catastrophe awaited the conscience of one of the two rival army leaders to set. For they would have to bloody the Earth Battalion people in their path before they could attack and the world would know. Spiritual tools. The universe yields wonderful energies for those who rise above physical mechanics. The Earth Battalion will practice non-denominational techniques for spiritual bonding. It is our right and they, non-denominational meditation techniques, shall make us stronger. The Conscience Core. When our Earth Battalion people become families, and we hope they will, they will then leave the attack battalions and go to the nuclear release sites of each nation with a nuclear strike capability. In this way, they will be a clear and present reminder of what exists at the other end of the button. Earth Prayer Mother Earth, my life support system. As a soldier, I must drink your blue water. Live inside your red clay and eat your green skin. I pray my boots will always kiss your face and my footsteps match your heartbeat. Carry my body through space and time. You are my connection to the universe and all that comes after. I am yours and you are mine. I salute you. The Warrior Net A primary function of the first earth is to communicate ideas Set up a network of information within your army and with friends in any army. Such as, you know, Solar Warden and the Astra High Command. These are friends in any army. Soon, continental coordination will emerge, and then we will consider communications, media, other than mail and telephone, such as the internet. Let this battalion grow wherever there is interest. Human dimensions, technology, and study areas. The Natural Guard. Natural Technologies. For the soldier. And he goes on to say, for example, lists like hypnotherapy. Uh, world's best combat shooters use hypno hypnosis technology. Combat first aid includes shiatsu. Acupuncture. Hand-to-hand -hand combat is understanding bodily weak points can either heal a friendly unit or hurt an enemy. Tai Chi, Chuan, and Master. Movement to contact two squads at rest, one squad alert, using herb teas and other meditation technology, intelligence initiative, pre-programmed responses for combat contingencies using karate kata to embody knowledge, 
and I'll go into greater length and detail in these the next hour before I approach the single solid hour recording that my program allows in each particular session. So let me switch the reels over real quick. Thank you all very much for your patience so far. This is part two of my recovered memories from my time inside the SSP as a 20 year and back 4D veteran. This specific persona had experienced an exchange education sponsored by Atlantis Rising to loan me as a cadet in the secret space program to Astra High Command and I was educated by Venusians, their root race in their culture and in their ways while also being initiated into the SSP through the training of the 1st Earth Battalion. So thank you all very much. Please enjoy this musical interlude as well as a potential commercial break. And we will be back shortly. God bless you, everyone out there in Dreamland who has tuned in so far. Definitely check this out or share this uh, podcast. Have other people check it out who you might think might profit from it. As well as check out my YouTube channel, uh, Rumors of Instinct 1987, for many more videos like this, video essays on different topics, uh, creative exercises regarding disclosure and uh, different franchises of media, as well as previous episodes of my SSP discoveries and um, subjects and topics. I cover a wider range of topics generally from a military standpoint, such as uh, the art of war, such as military intelligence and, you know, cultural and and, um, historical dissections of SSP-related topics and events. So, thank you all very much, and uh, we'll begin right back to it. Thank you, and enjoy this music. Shalom and namaste. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Thank you all very much for your patience through that musical intermission. Everybody out there in dreamland, you are always valued, treasured, and much appreciated here at Rumors of Instinct. I am Rumors of Instinct 1987, and I am continuing reading from the white papers, the official white papers of the Earth First Battalion. Of the 1st Earth Battalion, which was the backbone of the SSP training for ESP-sensitive um, cadets and military um, personnel. Now, the Earth 1st Battalion, as it exists, as it's known, the minute Sterra Goats level, uh, the 1st Earth Battalion, sorry, the 1st uh, Earth Battalion, as it's known, is the official disclosure of this ideology, of this paradigm for embracing New Age philosophies in the overall prerogative, the objective of military dominance, of escalating and evolving the military spectrum, the battlefield, if you were, into the realm of the spiritual, the astral, the cultural, the psychological, the, you know, nutritional, the medical, the emotional, you know, the anthropological uh, battlefields. 
And so this was a study done by a certain colonel who had two years of travel and investigation to come up with the synthesis of different forces. And that's the cover story. It's not how it happened. It is the gestalt um, collection of many of the old British military tactics and strategies and using the occult, such as when they uh, enlisted the help of Aleister Crawley into conducting um, various counter-hexes and curses on the Third Reich uh, during the uh, Battle of Berlin, I mean the Battle of uh, Britain, and um, they actually created the peace symbol, the outward extended first finger and middle finger in the shape of a V is a sigil, a, a basically a hailing to Venus, which is a feminine lunar um, deity versus the masculine solar hail or heil, the outward Roman extended salute that the Third Reich uh, preferred as their national and infamous, um, you know, outwardly stretched arm uh, salute, the the classic Nazi salute, um, the. V-shaped hand gesture for peace is a counter hex, a counter occult gesture that is meant to counter that energy with a feminine moon energy. This is how the British really were, and this is how they really are. You don't get to rule the world without being really into the occult and it goes all the way back to, for example, favoring alchemists and court wizards and even to the orig origins of Merlin. But really, it really kind of starts with uh, Queen Elizabeth and John Dee in the modern sense. But it can trace itself back to uh, Boudicca and, you know, Celtic warrior queens and things like that that ruled the British Isles uh, due to Celtic blood magic that they would sacrifice people and, like, giant wicker men with, like, a bear and, like, a bunch of honeybees. Like, they were a pretty strange but super occult people. And this is the Americanization of that same self-word approach. Also, uh, it's good to clear out that all militaries since the beginning of time have been extremely occult. They have been extremely into the astral and to the uh, spiritual aspects of their uh, role in society. And if you look at society, all societies is a caste system. The military elite are a caste that is equal to the ruling caste and it's equal to the high priest class. But ours is covert, so they don't really... They're not really known outside their own community, but they are as heavily invested into, say, for example, the Illuminati or like Bohemian Grove or like these other um, occult organizations and rituals and groups 
you know, even more so present in these communities, even more so making up the members of their ranks, the numbers of their ranks. Um, I remember showing pictures of, for example, like uh, the English uh, ruling family, the English monarchy, in their military parade uniforms um, to show you how closely allied the military ruling caste is with the legitimate power structure of the known world. I mean, you don't get any more legitimately ruling class than the king and queen of England. And if both of them served in the British military, then you can kind of assume that the British military is at the same level of the monarchy and the royal family, like as an institution, as an organization, and as an authority into how society is run. The same thing with America. If you think that the military guards America's safekeeping and well-being, then you have to kind of assume that it rules America absolutely without challenge from anything that any other facet of our existence, like, you know, it is basically calling the shots from the start to the finish and nothing happens without its permission because nothing can happen without the military's permission. You know, if you believe that they are keeping a nuclear war, preventing nuclear war, then you have to imagine that nothing happens without the military's permission. And, uh, this is entirely, uh, controlled. Like, there's, there's no, nothing left to chance. There's nothing, there's no such thing as freedom in a system like this, like the post-Cold War system. Um, there may have been previously, but it was completely destroyed after, uh, World War II. Absolutely, after the military usurped the, the old world order with the creation of atomic weaponry and with the creation of the aircraft carrier and with the creation of the nuclear submarine. Um, Those three inventions basically sealed the world's fate, as it were, because there is nothing off limits from them now and there's nothing that they can't reach with significant force to control and dominate. within such a short time as to be a blink of the eye in history. If you really think about how much they've done and how little of a time and how as a species they have accelerated our evolution to the point that we're now becoming a unified Earth species in an intergalactic kind of federation system They didn't need our permission for that. They didn't ask our permission for that. They did that because they could, because they had that kind of authority. They did that because they have that organizational structure and that kind of culture, uh, because this is how human culture works. It's one element of society pulling the others, kicking and screaming, you know, into the future. And, um, you know, no no one wanted to be a slave, but slavery was a fact of life from the beginning of history till about... 140 years ago in America and like the, the the known world basically and that's the kind of element you have to really think about like you know human society doesn't require permission it will just do you know what it can it what can what it has the power to do um and what gives it the power to do this 
are these methodologies, these New World occult methodologies that have been weaponized and um, incorporated into what we know as modern militaries, not tribal warrior bands. And yes, it's most obvious in tribal warrior bands that spiritualism, that the occult, that totems, like, you know, um, the concept of war paint, things like that. But those are, those are basically people skirmishing, playing at war. They're, they're, they're play fighting. It's not a true total war concept. The modern warfare concept is someone who would kill every single one of your livestock simply to starve you out in the long run and have you surrender so that you may sign a piece of paper. And then that piece of paper is a legally binding contract. And it's such a weird prerogative and objective to accomplish you know, that we had to have the Emperor of Japan sign a piece of paper, sign that document to surrender, when clearly we had, you know, uh, organized a homicide of millions of Japanese lives. You know, while they never directly attacked or were able to gain an inch of American soil, incorporated American soil, occupied American soil. I, I understand they were in the Aleutian Islands. Uh, but do you understand the concept of that? That they were never really able to even gain a foot of American soil, and we detonated two atomic bombs on their mainland for revenge of them striking... Our beloved Navy, our beloved U.S. Navy, and it's it's this kind of concept that people um, don't understand the nature of domination, the nature of power, of humanity itself, of evolution itself, of, of nature itself, and so these concepts were the disclosure, the the legitimization of the. Um, Earth First Battalion. I want to say it's the Earth First Battalion. I keep... Get a look at my notes again. First Earth Battalion. EFG, probably. I have no idea. I have... Rampant dyslexia. The First Earth Battalion. These were not independent or original ideas or decisions. These were not decisions made possible because of the 60s or 70s. These were not p decisions or positions or theories that were made possible uh, due to the new wave, uh, new age, uh, a cult awakening in America or anything specific to American exceptionalism uh, when it comes to freedom of belief or freedom of religion. These were practices that have been used by militaries since Alexander the Great, since before Alexander the Great, since the Egyptians, since the Atlanteans, since the ancient Hyperborean um, cycles of before the Mesoamerica Aztecs used the incorporation of psychedelic drugs, spiritualism, demon possession, 
uh, you know, magical, enchanted weapons, blessings, things like that. This is something that every the Spanish were blessed by direct representatives of the Holy Catholic Church, and uh, would always accompany be accompanied by a priest uh, in battle. Uh, they would adorn themselves with crucifixes, and you know, pray. Uh, while they fight, while they fought, they would they would yell and chant prayers, um, you know, asking for blessings of strength and courage. This is nothing new. The psychological and spiritual aspect of the of the warrior, of of warfare itself, is you know, in the Old Testament, you know, with Joshua, with the with the the battle for the Holy Lands, for the very nature of humanity itself. Um, you know, um, Abel and Cain, that was a religious, religiously motivated murder due to uh, seeking favor from, directly from God. Uh, a blood sacrifice uh, between brothers. See that this is a, a very much like the Blood Meridian, eh, Cormac McCarthy's The Blood Meridian, um, if war not be holy, then man is but antiquated clay. And so, this is, though, a product of the era, a product of the 1980s, when the U.S. Army was trying to reach out, use this medicine that it was trying to prescribe to, um, you know, its own generals, and try to convert them, try to get them to uh, accept that, in the future, the public image and the internal image of the military-industrial complex would be a friendly, liberal, identity politics-driven workplace, much more akin to an office of, like, a Fortune 500 company or a Silicon Valley startup, you know, where experimentation with the desire effects of efficiency and work optimization like work product opt optimization um, would be installed in things like their uh, you know headquarters office their research and development areas their um, you know concept of like a medical rehabilitation and their allowance, for example, the individualization of the enlisted or officer personnel to better promote morale and um, incorporate a diverse element of, you know, participants, such as the volunteers that would become more and more diverse as America um, continued on the path of, of mixing with immigrants and foreign families. <clears throat> And so the point now is the New World Order is going to be dawning on us. We have to realize that because it is the world order, not everyone is going to look, think, act, or even, you know, um, uh, be expected to behave the same. And so the incorporation has to be the adoption of a new spirituality, a new age spirituality. This was the uh, First Earth Battalion documentation this was their objective and their mission statement for example when you read out 
the the end of it, the natural technologies for the soldier. What they were trying to do was say, how do we incorporate a much less developed, technologically speaking, element of the world, uh, native jungle tribes, third world nations, uh, people who grew up with sustenance living, rural agricultural living from, like, say, the Peruvian highlands and things like that. How do we incorporate them into the United States military apparatus without culture shocking the shit out of them and without producing um, the ill-desired effect of absolutely destroying their society by adding technologies and weaponry and concepts that would surely just produce warlords and dictators and, uh, you know, all sorts of genocides, etc. So, they incorporated things like this. Uh, for physical, or the one's going to be the subject area, the other one's going to be the technology that they recommend, the natural technology. For physical preparation, such as uh, PT, like you're working out in the field or preparing or training uh, locals, instead of the calisthenics and the uh, physical exercise that the physical training that is used currently by Western societies, by American societies, they would try Mongolian massage, which is katoning. Uh, professional football players, for example, now use yoga in exercises, uh, stretching, things like that, which are um, less about coordination and repetition and more about, um, you know, low-intensity, high-resistance type of uh, toning. So, you know, instead of having the locals from a small South Vietnamese village uh, be trained by special forces by making them run around the village, jogging, doing laps, push-ups, sit-ups, uh, pull-ups, you're going to see them doing calisthenics, yoga, uh you know, katoning, Mongolian massage, uh, things like planking, you know, to work on their core. Uh, you know, not the Western society's way of doing it. Sensory alertness during combat. Energy awareness technology based on Aikido Allah. And it references George Leonard. So basically, energy awareness technology based on Aikido. And this is also incorporating, for example, uh, military program, military experience in um, letting people grow out their long hair uh, to better aid as antenna for picking up sensory information and, while tracking or uh, processing uh, information channeled from the ether, from the Akashic Records, etc. by astral forces. Uh, which seem to be attracted to the length of hair. Um, for example, uh, Nazarites in the old Hebrew uh, scriptures, uh, which is like Samson, uh, never shaved nor cut their hair, um, thus acquiring some kind of discipline and favor, some strength and empowerment from um, God. You know, this was prescribed as uh, being... 
what was desired by this astral entity, by this matrix. Um, same as same as yogis, same as um, uh, sheiks. Do not cut their hair or their beard. Um, Rastas, same thing. Basically, it has a lot of um, traditional um, representation in the Ashtar High Command high ships that I remember being in. The children were not really re required or even encouraged to cut their hair, but there were ritualistic, um, complete shearings and shavings um, throughout life, basically, throughout your time there. Uh, once a year, being completely uh, having your hair uh, shaved down uh, to the skin, um, and then having it grow back throughout the year, but without having the cutting in between or requirement to keep it at any given length. Basically, that was more of a ritualistic rebirthing, a uh, kind of uh, removal or, or of uh, this kind of uh, vanity or exterior world, much like how Buddhists ha cut their hair. Um, even the women do that. Uh, so, weapons effectiveness during combat. Uh, they recommend hypnotherapy, a la Jay Bartle's World's Best Combat Shooters, using hypno hypnosis technology to win gold medals in the Olympics. This is absolutely true. Archers, Olympic-class shooters, uh, you know, marathon, uh, not marathon, um, um, those uh, circuit operators in the, in the Olympics, I forget the name, it's like skiing, and then they, they shoot with the rifle a couple of times. Um, that is absolutely hypnotically uh, induced accuracy. The Tavistock Institute trained people to psychologically disengage and disassociate and basically go on autopilot, which produced, for example, the Tasmanian spree shooters result of 16 shots with, uh, I think it was 14 headshots, single complete, uh, single shot kills inside a, a rushing or inside a diner at close quarters, which is incredible, uh, accuracy, but it's all possible due to hypnotic suggestion and um, desensitization and disassociation programming. Basically, a satanic amount of accuracy is uh, possible with hypnosis. Combat first aid without medicine or equipment. Uh, shiatsu, acupressure, and similar technologies based on known energy points on the body and hypnotherapy sessions. I said that hypnotherapy session. You can basically disassociate people from feeling pain, from feeling fatigue, from feeling exhaustion. Um, you can have them disassociate so strongly that they can't uh, or, or won't uh, be uh, subject to shock. Um, during massive injuries or traumas, um, acupuncture is also historically proven to be extremely good at reducing, for example, swelling or, um, fatigue based injuries in muscle groups, such as the back, shoulders, neck, uh, face, um, this could prevent something as simple as migraines, which would be an extremely beneficial thing out in the field when you're dealing with stressful, hostile combat situations. Um, 
are things like indigestion, things like um, um, cramping, things like, you know, it, it goes, the lists are, are very long, basically. Okay, so hand-to-hand combat. Understanding bodily weak points can either heal a friendly unit or hurt an enemy. Tai Chi Chuan by the Master and has the name of the Master. So basically, um, they suggest hand-to-hand combat should be uh, augmented by training involving um, more um, advanced uh, martial arts techniques such as your direct nerve point striking um, types of, I guess you would call it, um, melee combat or, or defensive style. Um, I think it's a keto or jujitsu. Basically, though, um, using things like madness style, which is more striking and and keeping people. Um, I guess you're kept kept at bay, kept 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 off balance, kept uh, um, disarmed, because the non-lethality. I think they want to really incorporate on as a police system. They want the military to be more of a police unit, and as we're seeing now, the chokeholds and the restraining and the lethal weapons that they're using for policing um, do more social harm than it's actually acceptable in the long term. They eventually begin to uh, be kind of a pariah or a, pari- a social pariah inside communities whereas um, the effectiveness is not questioned. It's just that more needs to be researched and learned about how to uh, non-lethally um, defeat and subdue uh, opponents, especially in politicized climates, especially as police, especially as, you know, security or or law and order uh, peacekeepers, for example, in the UN, um, are oftentimes forced to retreat and evacuate instead of opening fire in the face of hostile riots, for example, in Africa, because... They would rather allow the civilians to do the damage that they intend to do than to damage their public opinion and thus, you know, jeopardize their moral superiority, their ethical superiority, and their peacekeeping missions. Um, And at that point, it's very much a battle over hearts and minds more than it is a battle of uh, military might. You know, as they kind of spar with these warlords for control and authority over these, uh, um, you know, abandoned colonies of Africa. Movement to contact. Two squads at rest, one squad alert. Using herb teas and other meditation technologies. So basically, that's just... You know, it helps to uh, officiate the idea of it being a military thing is to um, coordinate uh, these kinds of things. They said, I'm not, I'm not a member of the army. This is obviously an army white paper. Um, intelligent initiative. 
pre-programmed response for combat contingencies using karate, katatsu, and body knowledge. So basically, pre-programmed responses to combat contingencies. Yes, yeah, so they want to, like I said, get the person depersonalized so that it's all muscle memory, and it's, they're going to use higher advanced levels of martial arts training. Um, the ideas of meditation, the ideas of deep muscle memory, of um, of basically creating altars within the soldier. And remember, the idea this was at first, special forces volunteers. Correct. This will soon be your average 18-year-old enlisted small town, you know, all-American, I guess you call it, uh, GI, and they're going to teach them this in basic. They're going to teach them this throughout their military career. It's not going to be so advert as they're going to say, now we're going to start doing our yoga, kundalini, awakening, uh, you know, meditation, but they are going to incorporate it into the daily standard, uh, you know, the... the the uh, the program basically they're gonna start doing into the basically the uh, the orders of the day if it were the 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 recommendations uh, from um, for example um, the medical officer staff encouraging um, you know meditation uh, hypno hypnotherapy. Um, you know, acupuncture, stress relief, things like that. Uh, much the same way that they recommend and prescribe uh, chiropractor uh, visits now, for example. Like this is like it's the gateway. It's a leading into it. So, uh, you're going to see them being trained in close quarter combat and hand-to-hand combat with these muscle memory techniques, with these higher martial arts level techniques in which they are going to incorporate entire move sets, entire um, stimulus response programs. And so basically, whatever situations they're going to be able to encounter, it's going to take that much longer for them to be trained to doing. Um, except we're going to try to redesign the abilities of the police or the military to perform in high-stress situations while remaining a pri- prioritizing and keeping the priority for non-lethal engagement at all times, or basically uh, at the at the highest priority at all costs. Training effectiveness: take a suggestible test to determine a primary learning style for each soldier. It's highly likely that all directed instructions now given violates of. Uh, Sorry, take a suggestible te- suggestibility test to determine the primary learning style for each soldier. It's highly likely that all directed instruction now given violates the basic suggestibility of the modern volunteer. So basically, they're going to try to incorporate as much of a pre-screening or as much of the free world training as they possibly can so that when you see... That society is feeding uh, media, for example, that seems to just be training children to follow orders, to pursue objectives, to meet standards of performance and goals uh, based on a military system. This is what they're talking about. And they're going to start screening with ASVABs, things like that, based on trainability, suggestibility, which is exactly how the ASVAB has been created 
and it has always been created. You know, your your score, your attractiveness, your, your value as a new recruit is based on your score of a test. And the test has really no right or wrong answers. It just tests to see how what your intelligence, intelligence quota is based on the societal average. And in fact, it can get very detailed on in what position or what level of it, um, of the intelligence quota you truly, truly are. Diet and nutrition. Entire medical professions are moving to health foods. Our soldiers can eat junk food. Unacceptable. So basically it's recommending raw vegetables, raw fruits, local fruits, local vegetables, greens, nuts, herbs, uh, you know, basically extremely um, beneficial, nutritional, locally uh, sourced foods that draw to the hunter-gatherer diet of our ancestors, which I believe is an incredibly accurate and um, um, beneficial diet to follow, you know, like profitable diet to follow, especially when you're dealing with being able to locally source and provide for yourself, like a, a sustainable, um, you know, military presence. Because the expectation of the diet of the soldiers or the uh, pioneers, the expedition members, are you know, being met by the local spirit of the land, basically. And we know we don't have to rely strictly on this as a supply for our nutrition. We can always um, be supported through logistics. But for example, this is why the Venusians were... We, were, we weren't ever really prepared meals. We could per- cook for ourselves, but for example, we would have to start the fire using collected in wood from the local environment. Um, we never went hungry because there were wild growing strawberries um, and fruits, um, things like potatoes, um, you know, greens such as dandelions, etc., wild spinach. Um, Everything from orange trees to fish we'd be able to find in you know offshore to to seafood to um, there were there was game but you know there was never really any need to pursue anything but a non-vegan diet with the odd occasional um, you know piece of seafood thrown in fish being the primary protein uh, shellfish being another. Uh, protein that I remember being very, very much present in most of our diet, especially mine, uh, shrimp, uh, crabs, mollusks, um, lingoons, um, uh, or lingonsteins, I mean, and then, um, uh, you know, clawless lobsters, spiny lobsters were present there as well. Um, basically, that serving as my main source of protein while I was on board these things. But there was uh, 
the sense of being foraging, of foraging from the land and not really ever being in danger of starvation. It was just a priority of gathering and making your connection with the land, making your um, impact, as it were, by taking from the land what was freely given, you know, and it was this idea that it was healthy and beautiful. Whereas if I believed that we were eating prepackaged food or we were eating food that was prepared for us from uh, um, Earth and shipped to us, like sweets, like, um, you know, uh, these, these human foods, that the education would have been inc- incomplete. The, incompa- the education uh, between cultures, the exchange of cultures would have been inauthentic. And in fact, I believe that the Ashtar High Command, the Venusians, are a foraging society that highly values that um, that part of their essence, that highly values that that elements of their origin, and encourages it. You know, even though they can artificially provide for themselves, because their technology is close to magic, where they can just will something into being, and their desire is made manifest through their replication of material matter. Um, you know, based on their psionic control of, uh, of, uh, you know, the fabrics of the reality, the fabrics of this universe, um, their mastery of things such as photonic energy, you know, the things mastering of things of light, they master things like the crystalline structures of, um, you know, the material world, and thus they can basically replicate and create. Not, they have no idea of scarcity any longer, although they, when they were created, when they evolved on their planet, they did have, you know, a history of scarcity, a history of skirmishing over resources. And it was the main difficulty in their lives, the main source of evil was their, was their lack of, you know, things like um, um, constant and... and um, inexhaustible food supplies. I mean, they really did have to go through a lot of famines, um, given the hardship of their of their climate, and drinking water was scarce, for example. Um, psychologically, they're very addicted to hedonism because of that, because they've had to struggle so hard, but that's why their spirit is so great. It's because they were able to elevate themselves through hardship and through experience. Um, gaining what we would know as survival wisdom, or as the, the shamanic wisdom much like how our hunter-gatherer tribes in the Sahara Desert or the Amazon rainforest, um, you know, acquire such communion with the spirits, communion with the astral realms. And that's the information, that's the knowledge they want to pass down to us. That's the information, that's the knowledge that the First Earth Battalion is trying to um, disclose not only to the members of the military officer you know, the top brass, the military-industrial complex elite that were not privileged to the information of the SSP due to various factors that they just were not included in this experience, this knowledge, Um, because only a very select few are. Remember, you are extremely fortunate to be hearing this information because only a very, very select few of humanity has ever even heard this, let alone um, experience this um, and you know, definitely share this with anyone you might think might profit from it or might uh, benefit from it but this is really the most elite 
of all information. This is the most uh, uh, closely guarded and highly classified of all information uh, within the military industrial um, reality, the New World Order. That is the military industrial complex's supremacy over the world and the Earth Alliance was the Atlantis rising, uh, you, you know, relationship, the diplomacy between uh, us and extraterrestrial life, specifically the Ashtar High Command, specifically the representatives in the Venusians, the, the root race of Venusians. Um, this exchange program was our, was our acceptance of their mastery of their um, tutelage of their um, supremacy over us spiritually as a race. The first Earth Battalion is the attempt to disclose this information to the masters of the human race who are old, basically old-fashioned, who were more conservative and more ignorant to the ways of the future preparing, you know, the, the, the path and the way. And this was not an obscure thing inside the military. Uh, over 150 generals were personally briefed on this and many um, practice and research and development or, uh, departments were created. Up to 250 for example, for remote viewing, astral projection and, um, and uh, spying. Astral spying. You know, psychic spying. Alone, 250 departments, little projects, little operation teams. And um, that's what was officially canceled, let alone not the ones that were never disclosed or kept in operation. That survived um, the budget cuts of the, you know, the end of the Cold War. So basically, this was, this is now... The Astor High Command's Earth Alliance. This is now the Astor High Command's military making up the SSP, making up the entirety of the Solar Warden, making up the entirety of the Outer Warden, making up the entirety of the Atlantis Rising um, security, making up not the ICC, not the Dark Fleet, not not Waffen, um, not the um, Martian Marxists. You know, not the the colonists, the free and rogue colonists that exist, like space pirates or, or, um, or um, you know, the far-out rebels, basically. No. But they are in control of, basically, what we know as the Earth Alliance, as the Blue Sphere Alliance, as Corey Good and David Wilcott call it. But it is just the Earth Alliance and the Atlantis Rising di diplomatic culture of the... New World Order that is aware of this secret space program that is pursuing greater um, power and cons you know uh, influence over the um, um, secret space program as it stands, Solar Warden as it stands, and they are hoping that the entire military will get on board with this, will be this before the Ashtar High Command reveal themselves before the Venusians reveal themselves before uh, Supreme Lord Ashtar um, comes to the um, comes to the point where he can project his holographic presence on Earth and control the elite ruling class which have already 
agreed to uh, serve the, um, or basically the, the human elite that have already agreed to serve the Astro High Command by pledging their souls in psionic, um, you know, exchange, basically. The thing that I had to go, to go, the thing that I was loaned out for, the same exchange programs of, of letting them create your psychic uh, presence, your psychic power, and then at the same time um, control you with it. Control you with that with that gift. Um, that the entirety of the world will have adopted this philosophy and will identify with this philosophy to prevent any unnecessary resistance or, or any unnecessary um, um, shows of strength to make us submit as a species. It would also uh, be something where until the world accepts the first Earth Battalion that Ashtar will not make his presence known, that Ashtar will not appear, and they're going to try to create this illusion where this appearance, or this occurrence is the return of the Messiah or the um, second coming of Christ as it's known, because they will demonstrate the First Earth Battalion's uh, you know, substantial authority with the construction of the third temple, the temple on the seven hills, and the ecumenical monopolis of uh, the new Dubai, the UAE. And they will try to present this as the second coming of Christ, the rightful coming of Christ. You know, to those that don't believe Christ uh, came in the first place, no one will be considered wrong. Um, you know, all this will be a time where complete anarchy reigns in the most positive way of utopian experience where, you know, your own theories are validated due to personal communication or, or, or projection from, um, you know, Venusians by uh, the Astro High Command's um, psychic ambassadors and diplomats. You know, you won't have the chance to form or, or have confusion or questions. They will have beamed the knowledge of what is occurring directly into your head. You won't need to watch live on the news or stream it live from your favorite newscasting source. It will be beamed directly into your head mentally as a vision um, from the Astro High Command psychics themselves. Many people have already started receiving visions. Many people who are psychic are already receiving night terrors, for example, um, of such an occurrence and, and have been receiving these prophetic visions. Members like Edgar Casey, Helena Blavatsky, um, you know, Nostradamus, etc., etc. So, just to finish it up quickly. Okay. The values of the 1st Earth Battalion... When army missions are aligned with the values of the youth, we won't be able to keep them away from joining. Urban pioneers, counter-hostage forces, disaster rescue, ecological heroes, animal saviors. See, Earth Battalion organization. So basically, they're going to recruit the new generation of 1st Earth Battalion and Secret Space Program um, soldiers, cadets, enlisted, um, you know, your airmen, your marines, your sailors, they're going to be 
treating them as urban pioneers or urban specialists because they don't come from anything but the big city. They're going to consider their training to be counter-hostage, counter-terrorism, basically police, like SWAT. Um, They're going to be considered uh, disaster rescue personnel, first responders, and humanitarians. They're going to be considered ecological saviors, pioneers, and defenders of the globe and world, the environment. They're going to be called animal saviors, fighting the illegal animal exchange. Poaching, for example, is going to be the reason why many wars begin this next decade in Africa. Because they're already approaching it with paramilitary force, training, and priority. Tactics, strategy, techniques, they are handling it. The battle against the organized crime that controls poaching and and, uh, the the illegal uh, exotic animal trade as being as severe as the drug trade, as being as severe as global terrorism, and as being as severe as the human trafficking trade. Now, remember the animal rescue um, cross-training works with human trafficking as well because these people from big cities, from impoverished major cities who want to be heroes are going to see no difference between animal poaching and human trafficking, and they're not going to see no difference between human trafficking and and animal poaching or animal trade. Organizational focus, the silent circle and the spirit shootout. So basically, it's going to be an elite brotherhood of secrecy, a secret society, where spiritual knowledge and memorization of verse and uh, occult techniques are going to be used to decide the authority between the authority themselves. Conference order and decision making. The Indian Kiva technology, the protocol of attention. The tactical operations center. A cerebral environment maintained by several stress reduction technologies. Breathing, law of the octave, mentations, relaxation responses, music and lights. The Samadhi tank, which is a sensory deprivation tank. And intelligent displays of creativity. And that's how tactical operations will be... uh, That will be what they're surrounded by, and that's how they will be achieved or, or reached... Basically, there'll be a breathing uh, focus, a focus on the the law of the octave. Mentations, so basically there'll be the idea of meditations and uh, mental de-stressing. There'll be the accompanying music and the lights to develop the mood to get people on the right frequency and mindset. There'll be samadhi tanks, sensory deprivation tanks to um, isolate and concentrate the mind. And then they'll be encouraged to create while they are in operations, say, for example, writing poems or painting pictures. Tactical communications. The battle forms pictures, not numbers and words. Symbol compression technology is necessary for a facsimile system. Fire control precision. Intelligent display language not only reports on pairings, but also suggests the most effective future use of response weapons. The secret here is the breadth of the syntax, not the mass of the alphanumerics. So basically, um, their role would not be so much the research and development of weapons, but to incorporate military intelligence for 
possible solutions or implementations of certain arms regarding the contextual, like, past, present, future context and circumstance of their deployment and action. So basically, they're like an ethical oversight committee. Like I said, this will be more of the idea of controlling the armament and the armament execution, the armament operations of the military. This is the creation of an ethical legislative authority at the heart and mind of a military apparatus that is going to control society but in a more humanitarian way so that it doesn't necessarily destroy the people it incorporates into making the military industrial machine so that it doesn't create so much post-traumatic stress disorder, so it doesn't create so much PTSD, so it doesn't create so much shell shock, so it doesn't create so much collateral damage, so it doesn't create so much evil, so it doesn't create so much hate and pain and the thirst for revenge and vendetta in the world in which it enacts this violence in, this dominates, you know, the world in which it dominates. It can keep itself looking heroic and seeming heroic and virtuous as long as it makes the efforts to understand the philosophy, spirituality, and ethics of humanity while basically dominating humanity. Psychotronics. The conscious application of assonant and dissonant sound to achieve a physical response, both audible and hypersonic. E.g., all vehicles will use loudspeakers in the attack and play acid rock, out of sync. Meanwhile, inside our armored personnel carriers is a rhythmic, positive, pulsing, organizing music. Subsonic frequencies bombard the enemy, bringing their intelligence down. This is the modern world, exactly when we were writing it in the 80s, and, and teaching it the idea of creating the atmosphere of war, the psychology of war is as important as the war itself because the presentation of intimidation techniques of terror tactics that is a non-lethal so a response to a very dangerous and lethal situation and hopefully the uh, intent is to force a surrender without the loss of life but it's to induce as much fear and incapacitating terror into the human soul as humanly possible. Okay, so. We have two more to go. Hold on one second. Master Strategies. The evolution of mind as developed into an art by Gurdjieff, Casso, Harvey, Bandler, Grinder, etc. Most Western minds are linear and predictable strategists. Holographic Intelligence Prebram, Burns, Claws, and Channon. The Holographic Intelligence is what I was saying, the Astar High Command download and puppeting the control, the piloting of human soul, of human consciousness, of the human being. Um, the holographic projection of Ashtar onto this world. Um, Ashtar, the Supreme command Commander of the Ashtar High Command, uh, the ruler of the Venusians, the Arcturians, the Lyrans, the Sarian Nomo, um, 
you know, basically what we know as the Federation of Light, the Ashtar High Command itself, um, he controls all of his subjects mentally and spiritually. He can get into their bodies. He can, he can basically project his will onto them psionically, psychically. And many, many, um, many thinkers, philosophers, historians suggest that Ashtar is no longer even a physical being, having either what we know had passed, died, physically passed, died off uh, his physical body, but existing now as a spiritual, like a proto hive mind or a shared uh, psyche, a shared geist of the Ashtar itself. Uh, achieving immortality in the fact that it can never truly be extinguished since it's like a fire that is spreading throughout his entire empire one at a time and as it gains strength it's like it's like a contagious mental um, wildfire in which the psyche and will of Ashtar the Lord Supreme Ashtar um, will basically imbue you but at the same time use your life force use your physical body to enact its will and ultimately um, expend you like fuel. And that's what they want. They want that master strategy for humanity is to be able to receive this holographic intelligence, to be able to be download this Ashtar High Command spirit in their upper echelons, in their top brass, in their military-industrial elite, sacrificing their humanity, sacrificing their life, to become more powerful, to become the psychic super warrior, Ashtar, um, Supreme Commander. Spiritual zeal. When military tasks are aligned with spiritual commitment, the military machine runs by itself. They want the world to be a completely self-sustaining military industrial machine. A giant factory for soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines. War material, strategists, generals propagandists, and everything in between. They want it to be self-sustaining and completely organic and run forever for Ashtar, the Supreme High Commander, wills it. And we will be doing the fighting for them as they achieve the ascendance as they free themselves from karma. Hold on for a musical break. The weather report. Okay, thank you very much for your patience for that musical interlude and possible commercial break. So basically where we left off was the explanation that the spiritual zeal is what they hope to engender and create in humanity because once the spirit of the Ashtar, Supreme Lord Commander Ashtar, is instilled in humanity, as it was instilled in myself and my fellow officer cadets and recruits for the SSP, the Solar Warden and the Earth Alliance uh, controlled by Atlantis Rising we now are self-sustaining evangelists and warriors uh, programmed to be so so deeply that it's no longer a matter of altars and the presentations of true identities it is the idea that these altars are attempts at breaking free from, of escaping a new baseline personality, a new baseline soul that is the soul of Ashtar, Supreme Lord Commander. 
that Supreme Lord Commander Ashtar, spirit of the Antichrist, is a glorifying uh, false idol of a spirit. Now, I have seen that now, and it went through the last ten years of battling internally against it. But at the same time, it is why these memories are kept concealed, why they are screened off and locked away from the average human being. It's because the psionic power of Supreme Lord Commander Ashtar is so great, the hypnotic control is so great, that it's a constant companion, a dark passenger in the human soul and constantly seeks to defeat any kind of awakening or independence from it once it's instilled. It can even draw, call to, and attract other astral presences, creatures, and divinities, um, otherwise known as demonic forces, into one's life, you know, to help prevent, confuse, and cause chaos in, in one's existence to, you know, prevent them to mitigate because remember, this is a war, this becomes a spiritual war and Supreme Lord Commander uh, Ashtar is, you know a supreme astral warlord um, in our reality, basically uh, the most powerful force that humanity has direct contact with and this is why we created the treaty with um, the Astro High Command in the first place this is why they were able to create the Earth Alliance and Solar Warden uh, with the Grieta Treaty and, and absolutely claim humanity after um, the Orion Draco started to become weakened um, within this realm from their ancient, uh, ancient battleground of Earth. Now they do have a challenge you know, it, it's not so much a challenge as a matter of, uh, of scale really is that the Orion Draco and the Ashtar High Command operate on two different levels of existence um, both are extra dimensional levels of existence but both are oriented to different things with one trying to rule the lower realms and one trying to ascend into the higher realms so it's not so much that Ashtar the Supreme Lord Commander is at a stalemate or has ever been defeated by the Orion Draco in um, the reptilian wars, it's just that they operate seemingly at two different ends of the spectrum, and they operate with two binary and polarized goals. Thus, even though they are mortal enemies of each other, they rarely ever come into contact, and they have learned well enough to kind of avoid unnecessary confrontations, and so they have created a peace between them, but it's not an open a peace agreement. It's not an, even though there are Ryan Draco diplomats inside Astro High Command, which I have personally witnessed. Um, there is a sense of species hostility, of special hostility, that the Ashtar, Venusian root race, the Serian Nomo, the Lyrans do not really want the Orion Draco to achieve their true purposes, and they know that spiritually it'd be you know, hazardous to other intelligent life forms that they have allied themselves with, that they are sympathetic with, that they have sought to provide tutelage with, but in reality seek to instill the uh, Ashtar mental virus, the mental um, psionic parasite into. Now, of course, you have to realize I was nine um, when this first started, so I didn't have a lot of understanding of what was going on at the time. But this was being performed on us. 
when they were teaching us their odes, their epics, and their histories. And I just kind of wanted to explain the First Earth Battalion so that we would get to the mindset of what they were doing, because a lot of you would be thinking in this materialistic, one-eye-only, one-eye-open-only uh, type of mindset where because there was no... Um, like real torture or or danger that it was not a, a um, dehumanizing experience that it was not a, an experience that completely radically rewrote who we were that reprogrammed who we were um, you know you have to understand this is much more subtle than just say for example putting a kid in a cage and then creating altars by killing a beloved pet or making them kill each other in like Hunger Games-esque um little uh, Lord of the Flies trials of savagery this was something that was rewriting our very virtues our very priorities our very values our very um, ideas of what was human and what was superior to human you know this was to instill in human beings and in, in children the values and memories and cultures of an alien species. And I know that there is... I'm not trying to downplay the MK Ultra that occurs between humans. I'm not trying to downplay the MK Ultra that occurs, for example, in the Notwaffen amongst different levels of humanity, the human slaves, the human officers, the Giza intelligence, the real priestesses, etc., I'm not trying to uh, speak about, for example, the MK Ultra that's experienced between human uh, Montauk experiment children in um, these intelligence operations programs that are that are using technologies and methods and um, spiritual practices best reserved for the the, the deep occult, uh, the SRA, for example, satanic ritual abuse. But I am talking about the absolute um, helplessness that children exchanged to extraterrestrials experience. Especially when those extraterrestrials are psychic, when they are um, psionic, when they are astral, when they can do things like you know, um, control your dreams, um, create, uh, hallucinogenic situations, create, uh, situations that, for example, um, made you not only question everything that you were capable of, but everything that was possible in reality. For example, if you've ever watched the movie Holy Mountain, the journey to apiothesis that, the nine go through with the sacred old man, the, the shamanic old man, when they climb the holy mountain and they go through the spiritual journey of purification of this world and our karma to achieve the uh, true in-the-moment knowledge of everything, basically, the oneness of everything. Um, the illusion of the matrix, basically. Their journey is symbolic for the education that we incurred as well, that I believe that most spiritual beings incur. 
The issue is, though, they were adults. We were nine year old. We were nine years old. So the idea of, for example, creating such a depersonalization inside the initiates that they can look into a body of water and see the reflection and think that they are drowning, thus diving in to rescue themselves, to rescue their own reflection, and upon being in the water, have someone dive in to rescue them. And then it forms a daisy chain where everyone is diving into the water to rescue um, the people that are in the water. That kind of playing with someone's mind, the idea that they could form your imaginary friends and then um, thus have access to your confidence and your secrets, etc. They could, uh, for example, take the image and, you know, even possess the body of um, certain, you know, children. And they would do that kind of, not for fun, but to kind of teach us that, you know, people especially are vehicles, they're vessels, they can be piloted. Um, that it, it's a it's a battle of wills, and they would also you know make us endure and experience that ex- that experience of being possessed, of being taken over, and it's like being um, locked in the trunk of your own car. Um, it's an extremely uncomfortable and you know uh, dehumanizing thing to be powerless and basically locked into a blackened senseless cell inside your own mind and body um, completely unaware of the actions that are being taken you know in the driver's seat or, or inside you know proper what's going on in the world outside you and everything and it's because they're just trying to show you the absolute power of the mental realm of the astral realm of the intangible world of the spiritual world of that battlefield, of that landscape. Granted, they are not, for example, forcing us to undergo um, seemingly infinite loops of torture and and gore and and violence like the VR programming um, that Solar Warden made me go through later on in my life, in my service, uh, in my teenage years and my 20s. But... I still classify this experience as being the most dehumanizing and the most powerful um, because not only was it my first baptism into the SSP, into the idea of the spiritual realm, the astral realm, but it was also the point where I was both most impressionable and most vulnerable. And the Venusians are not a merciful um, species. They're not a merciful tribe. They are kind. They are generous. But to them, emotional suffering, psychic suffering, is hilarious. It is a like subject that they view with a lot of cynicism and revelry. Um, there's a huge dark streak, a sadistic streak inside the Venusian mindset and psyche. And even though these were basically already vetted and selected... Um, handlers for humanity understanding our culture our biology to a degree that a college professor on earth would understand a culture like a professor of anthropology would understand a foreign culture that kind of mastery they would still find it difficult to hide their sheer enjoyment and their uh, pleasure 
from toying with us, for treating us like a child with a puppy. And if the child pulled the puppy's tail or, or just held the puppy down against its will as it struggled, would feel some kind of uh, satisfaction, some kind of uh, glee and pleasure. Um, it's the same thing that the Venusians were responsible for our well-being and for our training, but had about as much love for us as a child has for a puppy, which may be on the surface and in some deep part really strong, but at the same time would also require a lack of peer-to-peer respect, a lack of real, um, it's more of a sense of possession and ownership and a sense of uh, dominion. You know, and, and and the puppy has the lack of the ability to communicate, the lack of the ability to protest, the lack of the ability to um, resist, and in fact is being trained to cooperate with this human family, and is being provided the food and the shelter and the the medical attention it needs to be special when considered upon other dogs. When measured against, say, for example, mutts in the street or wild dogs, uh, the sheltered dog, the, the domesticated dog, is considered a specialized breed. It's considered like, you know, a, a, a specialized uh, standout type of dog. It's not a true wild dog. So you see that the situation completely... it is not an empowerment for this dog. It's quite the opposite. It's the truth behind domestication is that humans were being domesticated. We were being domesticated by the Astor High Command to uh, learn tricks. Like, to, to learn little tricks to, to kind of prove that we could as well as to better serve our masters. And this time, I guess, in this, this utopia, while it may seem so fantastic that we were being trained to psionically operate in the First Earth Battalion model, in the Stargate model, as uh, both the precogs, well, with precognitive powers, intuit, uh, intuitives with intuition, empaths with empathy, um, you know, Astral viewers, uh, for the those in the intelligence community, remote viewers, uh, astral projectionists, um, you know, uh, machine psychics. Basically, your spectrum of ESP-related skills, while we were being taught those, it was specifically so that we could better facilitate the operations of the Solar Warden. Um, and the human military industrial engine known as the Earth Alliance with Atlantis Rising so that the Ashtar could have supremacy against those elements of the human empire, of the human race, like Dark Fleet, the Notwaffen, like the ICC, the uh, uh, International Corporation Coalition uh, that operates in space, uh, you know, as a commerce, as a merchant mariner vessel, uh, as a, basically a nation of businesses, a nation of industries um, and guilds, that they don't operate with psychic abilities. That uh, unless you're taught by extraterrestrials how to harness these psychic abilities, um, unless you're basically given 
the accessed by Ashtar uh, super spirit, the mainframe spirit, to be able to master and exploit your own gifts. You know, according to them, this is the this is the genetic breeding they want Solar Warden to understand. This is what the they want Solar Warden to believe. This is why they want that zeal, that spiritual um, loyalty, that New Age loyalty to uh, these astral powers. They want this because they don't want humanity to understand that we're psychic already. We have psychic uh, gifts. That we have astral gifts. That we have a presence on higher dimensional astral planes. That we have a uh, the 5D, 6D, 7D, 8D, you know, 9D, 10D, 11D. Uh, we have that kind of presence, that identity. We have that access. We have to unlock it because we have that language confused. We operate on the verbal mind control um, anxiety material plane. Uh, completely subverted and, and backwards uh, when really we should exist on the sensory meditative uh, planes of the soul and the body being united being one as well as uh, constantly communicating with the world the earth um, that created us, the, the god that created us but you know this is what I was saying, they recruited me at the age of nine when I had forsaken my belief in God they had got me through a sense of terror and instinctual existential dread at a time when I wasn't being emotionally supported or had anyone to communicate with me and I didn't have traditional education or, or roots or um, a healthy environment so they were able to get me at a very vulnerable state um, you know pain makes people crazy and it makes children crazier and um you know, I have learned to forgive myself, but at the same time, this is exactly the kind of candidate and the kind of person, the kind of world they want to create. A world where traditional values and traditional spiritualism, pro-humanity, independent humanity, has been forsaken due to the cosmic terror of existential crisis and the confrontation with one's own mortal karmic reality. They want children to be traumatized to the point that they reach out to the Earth Alliance, Atlantis Rising government. They want them to reach out and to sign the contracts, the soul contracts, which bind them for years to the 20-year and back programs. They want to get these people isolated, cloned, have their soul uh, shattered and implanted into thousands of different altars, thousands of different clones then they want to uh, get these people to take in new gods um, extraterrestrial gods uh, these extraterrestrial AI you know spirits these astral intelligent spirits and they want to have them possessed by these extraterrestrial cultures by their values by their ethics, by their laws, by their beliefs, by their virtues, and they want them uh, controlled by their, you know, agenda, their evil. This will give supremacy to the Solar Ward and to the Earth Alliance, to the Atlantis Rising militaries, in controlling the human species and uniting them all into a new world order 
with the psychic psionic super soldiers that can not only win the, the, the war through strategy and planning and maneuvering, but can do so in a way that retains the karmic virtue, the ethics of, uh, you know, positivity, winning the hearts and minds of, of humanity, winning the love of humanity, and winning the loyalty of humanity. At that point, the Ashtar High Command will appear, Lord Supreme Commander Ashtar, the Venusians will land, the Arcturians, the Serenomo will make themselves known, um, you know, on Earth, because they've already developed colonies down here, the Stargates will be opened and activated on Earth, uh, basically full disclosure will occur, after that though, there will be a mass, mass possession of the human race, not entirely all of it, but a mass possession of the human race, from the top down, by the spirit of the Ashtar High Command, the spirit of the Venusians, it'll be like a possession, uh, a demonic possession affecting most of the human species. And before you know it, people will be completely piloted, completely owned by Venusian astral forces and be used as hosts for these in now intangible, basically, space ghosts. And that are kept inside gemstones on these in these Ashtar city ships and shrines, and they'll be forced basically into these bodies, the new bodies for the Ashtar race, which the the dead Venusians that they've been able to keep in a state of digital existence, digital immortality, will be given flesh once again in the many, many willing, zealous uh, soldiers of the First Earth Battalion. And at this point, the entire world will belong to the First Earth Battalion. The entire world will belong to the New World Order. The entire world will be initiated into the occult practices of the Ashtar High Command of the Venusian, um, you know, Space Babylon. And basically, you'll see a return of the ancient Old Ones that we knew as the Anunnaki, as the... Um, as the uh, Elohim... And these will basically be the return of the fallen angels from their um, ascendancy, from their uh, higher dimensional reality. There'll be a return from the mountaintop. It'll be a descent like lightning down to earth, um, you know, from heaven, from the position of their uh, city ships down onto our uh, physical earth plane, our reality. And so basically it'll be like a return to that cycle uh, in the yogic Vedic universe where um, we exist as a hub inside the greater Ashtar High Command network, freely communicating, freely trading, freely dealing with extraterrestrials, uh, using our psionic abilities, but at the same time being cohabitated by previously existing um, previously living with their memories, now having their memories, now having their personalities, now having their sensational realities, their interpretations, their um, spirits inside our physical bodies. And this will be such a way that, not, well, I remember, not every human being in the universe will, will have this happen to them, but every human being on Earth will have this happen to them. And it will be a thing that no longer will there be human beings born on, born on Earth with just human souls inside their body. They will have two souls. 
They'll have a, a Venusian soul and they'll have a human soul. And even though there'll be a human body, they'll have two minds, two spirits, two internal voices. And the Venusian, the Ashtar High Command, uh, Lord Supreme Ashtar, uh, Lord Supreme Commander Ashtar personality, that psionic reality, that parasite, will eventually overpower and completely dominate the human psyche, uh, starting at birth, starting at day one of their um, life, of their delivery. And there'll be a huge uh, war between the what is now currently known as the Rabbit Faction. It's a independent, rogue, uh, celestial group of human liberationists, of human freedom fighters. They're known as the Rabbits. In the Rabbit War, they are currently fighting the Orion Draco off-world, um, basically creating ambushes, minefields, etc., uh, sabotaging, keeping track, and basically harassing and creating this kind of... Uh, this. Uh, pro-human terrorist organization, uh, guerrilla organization, this uh, nation without nations, this this army without borders. Um, they, they're called the Rabbits, the Rabbit Army. And this Rabbit Army will be now turned from the Orion Draco against the Ashtar High Command's possession of humanity. And you'll see a lot of attempts at freeing humanity uh, by eradicating the psionic influence. And they'll be using Orion Draco technology that they have stolen and recovered and backwards engineered. Like I said, they they are antagonistic forces. But when, since the Orion Draco has been defeated on Earth, the Ashtar will overpower Earth and come to dominate it. But ironically, humanity will incorporate the Orion Draco technology in its own defense, and its own liberation, and its own war for independence against from the Astro High Command. Now, that is another episode of my recollection of Ashtar High Command memories, uh, this time explaining the 1st Earth Battalion and its importance of doctrine and manifesto in the exchange program between the Solar Warden cadets, the childhood cadets, and um, enlisted in a 20-year and back, those that were gifted with psionic presence, with sensitivities, with physical prowess, with intelligence, were exchanged to the Astra High Command to be educated in their extraterrestrial culture, um, to have their psychic powers unlocked, and to have their spirits possessed by loyalty and uh, to the Supreme Lord Commander Ashtar. And so basically this is what the information I was trying to tell you in this episode was. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you all very much for your patience. God bless you and your families. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Namaste and Shalom. This has been Rumors of Instinct, the podcast for free thinking, free expression, and indep- truly independent journalism, um, tackling all subjects, uh, controversial, unorthodox, or obscure, and allowing uh, speakers, guests to speak with, um, out disrespect, without disrespect, without skepticism, and with uh, dignity. And so now we are going to... Um, basically extend the invitation to anyone who may be listening that would like to 
appear as a guest to contact me uh, through my email or through uh, YouTube comments. I highly encourage everyone who is watching this um, who can comment uh, to comment if you can subscribe to subscribe to this. If you can like it, hit the like button. And definitely uh, share this with anyone you might think might profit from it. Your friend circles, your group of peers, your you know contact group society. Uh, once again, thank you all very much. This has been Rumors of Instinct. I have been Rumors of Instinct 1987. Check out my YouTube channel for more video essays, more recollections, memory recoveries, SSP topics, uh, UFO topics, ufology. Uh, New World Order examinations, symbolism, occultism, um, etc. Basically, I have 200 plus videos within the last uh, year uh, that I have made on a range of subjects. And I highly encourage everyone to uh, check it out. Definitely, you can find something that might pique your interest. And um, I, I highly encourage anyone to filter through my old portfolio check out my playlists, the Know the Enemy series, which I speak about alien races, extraterrestrial factions, and elements of the secret space program, such as Solar Warden, Earth Alliance, Atlantis Rising, Dark Fleet, the Orion Draco, Ashtar High Command, uh, the Greys, etc., 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 as well as my And the Secret Space Program series. The And the Spe Secret Space Program series is about concepts, philosophical concepts, metaphysical concepts, spiritual concepts, social concepts, anthropological concepts, etc., etc., intellectual academic, uh, academic levels of video essays given to long-form discussions about how they are incorporated and what they mean for the Secret Space Program, the New World Order, and the future of mankind. So thank you all very much once again for your patience and for listening hope to see you guys next time i'm going to be scheduling shows every week um so thank you all once again rumors of instinct 1987 check out my youtube channel all my other channels on social media etc thank you all very much